1: Are you ready? Don't di- don't just dis- 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 disparage now. my class. All right, it's just it's against my knee. You gotta let me live.
2: Oh, that was good. Welcome. Good.
1: Yeah, it wasn't bad. I wasn't bad at all. I, I low sold it. Uh, welcome to Axe to Grind.
0: Those fat thighs. Uh, the
1: hardcore, the the hardcore podcast that I see get written up above other hardcore podcasts, and I seem to take that as absolute proof that we're killing it. Uh, I'm Patrick.
2: I'm Bob. I'm Tom. Hey, how nice was that write-up? I actually really liked that. Mike so, Musilli is a wonderful sweetheart of a dude. Do you know him?
0: Yeah, he was in Crime and Stereo. Oh, wow. for Crime and Stereo. You, dude, you would know him. You'd I'm sure I
2: would. Him. I'm sure I would. Mike Musilli, thank you. You said very kind things, and, and the best part to me was where he was like, talk about this, that, the other, and sometimes just downright weird stuff. And it just felt <laughs> so warm and nice. And, uh, and I thought but, of that like, I read that. He felt it felt like he gets it. So, Mike Musili, thank you. Um, what's up, guys? It's happening. Yeah,
1: you know, it's another day in this COVID paradise.
2: Do you think? I think the last two episodes we did a good job. Do we talk about COVID too much, too little, or just right?
0: I think, given that it's literally everything that's going on right now, I think we talk about it probably less. Then it like percentage wise, I think it's less than what's really going on, and I think given you know like Pat coming back from 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 Cambodia, me working with this population, I think like we yeah. give ju- we talk about it just enough, and I would hate to kind of um, you know do it, less supposed to be yeah or do less or do too much, and I think yeah. this is supposed to be an escape, and I'm not trying to like bum people out about what's going on, you know.
2: Yeah, I'm with that.
1: Yeah, I would say opinions vary. Obviously, somebody doesn't want to hear about it at all, and then somebody is at the edge of their seat waiting for us to deliver the news that they need. Uh, but I, I, in my view, we talk about it the right amount. I think if you don't talk about it at all, you look like a psychotic, and if you talk about it too much, uh, you're just saying the obvious. So I, I think that we've got a, uh, a, a steady spot. I also think that uh, the news, insofar as that loosely... I can use that word is uh, so contradictory at this exact time that trying to talk on this with any intelligence is not worth it. I think we talk about our experience more, which is probably more worthwhile for know, it's
0: like a brand new thing. Like, and I, I mean, I've seen some, some people on the internet have some real hot takes. Some real ignorant people have some hot takes about certain things. And it's like, dude, like, they're not making this shit up. Like they're not making up these that, this, these stats or like saying that hospitals are crowded. It's just like – no, I, I don't think any – like everyone has – a lot of people have this idea that the news is like bilking this because it helps with their ratings and shit like that. I've read way well, too takes I, on that. But I think I it's think such a changing – Two things thing. can be true though. Sure.
1: Two, two things. To, you know, like it, it's possible like the news is never not gonna be opportunist by nature. Of
0: course. It, it always will be. Of course, but, but they think it's mutually exclusive.
1: Yeah, that's and correct. It doesn't, it doesn't mean, just because lie. they lie often doesn't mean they're lying about everything.
0: Right. Right. That's and having like worked in this and seen what's going on with people, like it's it's real. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's it's a it's a thing. It's a-
1: Tom, I, I, you know that I, tr- I, I don't just respect you as a man. I respect your intelligence. Uh, but that said, I got to go with John Joseph on this.
3: Oh God, <laughs> I,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. He, he was just saying some shit that made some sense to me. You know what I mean? He went down there, he did the reporting.
0: He actually and, did it. Um, He posted someone else's video that starts with the fucking dark knife. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if, you want, if you want to be on that side, feel free.
1: <laughs> it's me and John We're chilling Man.
0: Like legitimately the to- video starts off It's like everybody and, and it's fucking Heath Ledger He didn't do that And they're talking about a hospital that doesn't exist in New York So he didn't actually do that But I mean his Listen, thing like, The hospitals are empty I, and nobody's dying Which is fucking crazy
2: So but, he,
0: wow. he, here's
2: the tip I'm the really take. glad I don't know anything about John Joseph's COVID takes
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no 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 they're good They're good. (laughs) But uh, here's the thing. I saw a guy uh, who said, you know, uh, look, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy guy, but some of these, some of the information that we're getting about uh, the time that this virus arrived on our shores really just doesn't add up. And and I, I have got some questions about it. And then he answered his own tweet shortly thereafter and said, I looked into it, and uh, a bunch of right-wing people are saying that, so I don't think that's true anymore. And I, I can't point out the weakness of mind that it takes to arrive at a thought yourself, see that unattractive or, uh, or unpleasant people have that same thought, and then decide that you can't have it. Uh, I think that that's like a, a frailty of your brain. But it got me thinking, in relation to what we're talking about right now, uh, what do you think Harley's take on the same matter is? Do you think it's ever colored? Do you think Harley's take is ever oh. colored by what John says?
2: I mean, in the way that a contrarian wants to go the other way. I mean, it's the same. That's the one part that I ask you to self reflect on is the instinct that you have to go against the grain is the same raw impulse that people have to go against the people they find repulsive. Well, here's, it's here's a different, what I would argue. It's a different thrust, but it's a similar primordial, like everyone's going that way. I'm going this way. The cousin of the people I don't like are going this way. I'm going to go that way. Even if, even ask. if you're contradicting the conclusions you come to yourself, which is crazy shit to me. You know what I mean? Like, uh, f- do for self, right? That, that think for self is, is my first step on that.
1: Here's, here's where I would defend just being a contrarian by nature. It's checks and balances on, on narratives that we see as understood. So like it does everybody find it annoying when somebody jumps into a conversation about a serious topic and goes, well, you know, the numbers don't bear out. I think, uh, yeah, of course, everybody finds that person annoying. Uh, And sometimes they're in very bad taste. Sometimes they're not reading the temperature of the room at all and, and really causing great offense. But what I would offer to consider, if you're one of the people that take offense to those things, not you guys, but broadly, uh, is that person needs to exist. You need the fucking annoying fucking well, actually guy, because the well, actually guy is the guy that is asking a question occasionally that should be germane to everybody. And we've just overlooked, you know what I mean? So like throughout history, like, Isaac Newton was a well-actually guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, So, so like, mm-hmm. occasionally sure. these things, like, like, they do matter. So what I'm doing here is comparing myself both to Isaac Newton, and Mahatma Gandhi, mm-hmm. and Harley Flanagan. Yeah, <laughs> <yeah>. You're,
2: you're, <laughs> so you're that's giving exactly yourself quite what. a triangulation. All right. Uh, but I, I I tend to agree with a lot of that thrust. The, the, the thing you need to realize, though, is that that same thing, you know, you see it, right? You see the... You see that comparison. The person whose impulse is to go against what everyone says isn't one million miles away from the person whose impulse is to go against the people they don't like.
1: Well, it, it's it, not it's a million like, miles.
2: No, it's definitely not.
1: Well, it's, just, it's also just a weird look at me thing on some level that ever, that 1, 000, so many people have. One thousand percent.
2: One thousand. It's it's so uh, I actually appreciate contrarian perspective. I think. I do think part of that comes along with being involved in punk or hardcore, Um, and I hope it does. It should, but you know, occasionally that can be a pain in the ass. Um, Getting to things that aren't a pain in the ass. Let's talk about let's talk about our chemtrails. (laughs) Let's talk about our sponsors. (laughs) I'm ready. Let's do it. Uh, let's start
0: with, Pat, I will give you $20. If you can name all four of our sponsors right now. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. If I, if I can name all four, what?
0: All four sponsors.
1: Oh, come on. I'm the fucking King. Yeah. Uh, right, to live. My <laughs> uh, 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 l- l- let's see. Uh, uh, uh hold on <laughs> who else run for cover death Wish. thank you he was
2: putting on he was putting on an act for that last part right because those are the labels <laughs> that that's uh, uh death row is the label that pays me you know what i mean how come you never uh, made death Wish is the label that pays me parody shirts uh
1: oh. well i'm i'm gonna i'm going to hit them actually we're gonna we'll, we'll do some on air production right now i i uh gotta email them tonight and ask them uh if if they wanna be part of something so uh, I don't know if I'll get paid off of it because it's a very small money sort of uh, sort of thing I'm asking of them, but uh, maybe I'll make the shirt to go along with it.
2: Yeah, you, you 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 got my suggestion about the logo shirt, right?
1: You did, I did, and it was a good suggestion.
2: So let's make that work. Anyways, let's start there then. Deathwish Inc. Our buddies, uh, doing well, hanging in there. Um, I hope everyone is going there, doing the thing that we tell you pretty frequently. But if you aren't. One of the absolute best in the game for mail order. There's another, the other sponsor we're going to talk about. Actually, all three of ours are huge. All four of ours are huge mail order people of not just their own releases, but other stuff out there. Deathwish's distro is great. We're going to talk about their new release. Um, the and help me with the pronunciation on this, guys.
0: No way, Umbra <laughs> Vite.
2: Umbra Vite. Like uh, we get the Latin heads in here. Umbra Vite. Right, and like original
0: Vitae.
2: Yes, new project. Yeah, of course Tom should know how to do this. He's 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 yeah. basically translating Latin all day. Yeah. Um, Umbra Vitae is Jake Bannon, a couple other people, including Sean Martin from Hate Breed, and uh, I think he was in Twitching Tongues for a minute. He still is. He still is. Yeah. Um, doing a project band that, uh, man, I, I feel like this would deliver a lot f- to a lot of people who maybe wouldn't expect this cuz you know some of Jake Bannon's side projects recently haven't been that aggressive this is uh this is right. aggressive
0: this will scratch the itch yeah. for any converge fan i feel like if you were like so, or mosh parts you like this is for you
1: let me ask a question so uh, i'm behind on everything everything I in life You've
0: been really, really behind. Behind. yeah
1: i've been <laughs> <laughs> I've been super busy, so I I haven't listened to the new Taylor Young uh, death metal project. I haven't listened uh, to Jake's death metal project. Um, are these? Well, also, how much can I add? I d- fucking barely like death metal. Um,
2: Yo, Pat, this it, this this is this is not death metal. No, this is hardcore. This is this is you hardcore too. Like this is metalcore. You- and and I think you would like it more. Yes. Maybe like it more than any converge material that I can think of. I don't know. Okay. Interesting. It's got heavy parts. It's got it's got definitive breaks in it. Um, are there, are there
1: chunky? Are there chunky riffs? I need a yeah. chunky riff. The yes. end is very chunky.
0: Yeah. Okay. Like right. like uh. And yeah, Jake sounds like, a little more like lower, like his mm-hmm. voice is a little lower. And there's also I don't know who sings like unless it's him. There is like kind of like a call and response on this song. Yep, that's like a death metal voice, but it's it's fucking awesome. It's awesome. Now, my question was, and I read this somewhere, and I don't know how true it is. Is this where you wo- like a, a where your wounds pivot? Like, is where your wounds have has that become Umbra Vitae? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think the
1: same so. players doing d- just doing something like okay, so. Drug Church came out of another band uh, just in a practice space, writing riffs that weren't appropriate for for the band that they were in at the time. And I think that that's the way it goes. Like, uh, you know, like a band meeting together, maybe too much, uh, starts busting out riffs that aren't appropriate and uh decide to do something with them because they seem too good to because that's what it seems like it seems like this is where your wounds at least down to you know four out of five of them or whatever right and, right uh, and that this was hey, you know you know what I mean also if I'm gonna be cynical uh it's gonna make uh, a festival season uh really convenient
2: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will say this this is a band who. For the sound we're talking about and the players, like feels very vital, active, aggressive. Um, if you were looking for Converge but also you wanted to really mosh to it, this is this is the jam, umbravite Uh Go to deathwishinc.com. Enter the promo code Tom. Axe to grind. And Tom, what do you do with that promo code? You got to spell that out. 10% off the whole order. So grab this. Grab a few other things. Uh, support all The labels, especially our, our sponsors, but like really, this is the time to support labels, buy stuff while well, you can do that. Uh, let's and swing then over
0: the record comes out May 1st, that's,
2: that's sure. right. So, so get that oh, pre order in, right. yeah. Swing over to run for cover records, uh, find purveyors. So, so, a gra- Death Wish for a long time was like the home of aggressive music, right? Like that was – because it wasn't – it was like, well, hardcore and metalcore and then yeah. metal and then like stuff that didn't fit in any of that stuff. So it was like aggressive music. What's the run for cover, the home for chill music? dude. For summer music. Oh, summer music? Okay. But, but you yeah, know what? Remember that Barry's record? That's a cold – that's cold morning music.
1: Yeah. yeah it could be cold yeah. morning music for sure. All right. That that could be like uh, oat milk over your granola. You know, that could be that.
2: I'm thinking um, Run for Cover, the three-season room of music. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they give you a little bit of this, a little bit of that. With that in mind, um, one of the new records they have coming out very soon is by the band Varsity not to be confused with the uh, late nineties, Michigan straight edge band varsity. I was going to say, yeah,
0: um, <laughs> they really made a pivot. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, <laughs> let me just give a quick varsity story. Uh, I know we have some Please. listeners from, from Michigan. Things got so dire. If you were into straight edge hardcore in the late nineties of the more straightforward variety, um, things were so dire that I was like, man, Varsity blood packed split coming out. Man, I, I that varsity seven inch was pretty all right, kind of. Uh, maybe they're gonna step it up on this 12 inch. Um, and did they, they ever did, step it up? They did, but it was to like a solid C minus. Um, mm. And this is no diss to those fellas. I think some of them went on to much better bands as, as we all got older. But uh, man, I, I am saying this because I wanted to like that varsity so much and it just it just wasn't in the cards. Um this varsity has a new single out called Runaway. Um I think it's portending the album Fine Forever that's out at the end of May. Really cool artwork. Um so Pat you did not listen to this yet, did you?
1: That's correct. I'm all I'm all questions no answers today. That. Okay,
2: that's good. Um, When I first listened to this, and and I'm pretty sure Tom listened as well, uh, first thing I thought was, oh, really pleasant. Yes. Two two big hooks, not afraid of doing that. Um, Big vocal melodies. And the thing that I think is the most complimentary is that it was pleasant, chill music that I could play and play at dinner and hang out. And it also made me go back and listen to the, their last record that came out a few years back. And I enjoyed that as well. So, um, Tom, give me some of your thoughts.
0: Um, yeah, I thought it had a very uh, nice 80s vibe. A little yeah, Bananarama. I, a little banana-rama. Um, I described it to you in a text message. You know that, that scene where Ralph Macchio gets beat up on the beach? Over yeah, of course. The, over the boombox and Cruel Summer is playing?
1: The classic.
0: This w- would definitely fit right next to that. Like, this yeah. could have been like what he listened to as he recuperated. It's fucking really, really, really well done. And I think that's a hard kind of mind to, to, to walk, to be like an 80s band in 2020. Yeah. And I think they do it actually really, really well.
2: And I will say this, too. I don't – it didn't feel too – it has that sound, but with a mo- more modern production. And it falls somewhere in that, like – It's more guitar. Yeah, yeah, and it's big and you can feel there's a low end to the sound. So I, I was pretty impressed with the overall aesthetic. It remind me of the um, in Karate Kid Three, if you remember, when Daniel and his then girlfriend, there was a montage scene where they go and get Miyagi the bonsai tree from the yeah. side of the cliff, and then they're in the shop. Like I feel like that could be playing. It's like, well, this is playful and like a little romantic, but you're getting those like fleeting glances kind of thing. I like it. I, I back it. See what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, so
1: have you guys, have you guys seen two or three more often in your life?
2: Saw three in the theater when it came out, there was a cheap theater upstate that, that I'm pretty sure my mom and dad took me to see it. Cause I was such a karate kid head. Um, I don't uh, Was
1: it the okay. Mohawk mall maybe? Or, or yep. uh, no. I think it was Mohawk the, mall. Okay. Go on,
2: Tom.
0: Two. Which one do they go to Okinawa? Two. Two. Then I watched two more.
2: I think I saw three more because I, one, three is the redux of one. You know what I mean? Yes. So like Two yes. feels the step away. Um,
0: Who's the love interest in three?
2: She's a lookalike of the girlfriend from the first one, but she's not the same character. She's not Elizabeth. Kind of hotter. Yeah. Yeah, like her hair's a little bigger. Hotter in that 80s way. Are you Three's saying she's more
0: attractive than Elizabeth Shoe? because – I don't know if I believe
2: yeah,
1: that. I think that this. Well, I don't want to get. I think that this girl might be hotter. You should. You should do the math on it. See what's up. I think. Uh, it, it. It. This three feels like a really nice bookend in the same way that Last Crusade does, uh, and it's unfortunate that anything has been done uh, after that, except for the uh, Cobra Kai series, uh, which is apparently. That, uh, it is. It's quite good. I watched the first yeah. season. I thought, it, you know, really for good. me to watch a fucking season of anything is crazy. And I, 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 loved it.
0: But it's on YouTube. So I know you're in for, Oh, I remember this. Now, is this the one where, um, uh, Martin Cove punches out the windows? He goes, eh, and he honks yes. him?
2: Yes. No.
1: Oh, well, no, that's the end of, that's the end of one, isn't it? So, oh the, yes, no, no, no.
2: is it the end, end of, the it, of one, or do they only show it? It's it's the end of one, but they don't show it at the end of one. The end of it's one. The do that
1: beginning of two. It's the yeah, end it's of one. The or, me, it's the end of one beginning of three. Yes, uh,
2: because it's, they show it at the beginning of three, but it's it's they sh- right. It's Remember, like a flashback yes. from one. Yes.
1: yes. yes.
2: John
1: D. And what it is, what it is, is okay, everybody. I'm going to do this a quick synopsis of Karate Kid Part Three. Uh, the bitter Cobra Kai guy uh, yes. is funded by his Vietnam buddy
2: uh, Who's to
1: go. Uh,
2: best, worst villain. I'm pretty sure he's introduced smoking a cigar in a hot tub inside.
1: Yes, that's correct. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I <need laughs> to watch it now he's streaming
2: somewhere.
1: Uh, Crime at fitness. We all, we all got to watch it. Um, so, okay, back back to sponsors maybe.
2: Yeah. You want
0: make, so, can I make one funny? Please, possibly funny. So, I watched um, WrestleMania last weekend on Zoom with yes. a bunch of friends. Nice. Um, mm. My buddy Christian like set it up um, through Live Nation, so we were watching it on Zoom. And one of the guys that was watching with us is um, the director of all three Karate Kids films, Sons. Oh no! Shit. Yeah, the good dude that man. owns Mirian. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, he was one of the guys that was watching. It was
2: pretty funny. Terry Silver, you know Pat. I feel like me and you have discussed Terry Silver somewhere, sometime.
0: some
1: time uh, We got to talk about he's uh, where he's guy. at now. He, yeah, he he looks like a bootleg Seagal, yes. and Seagal looks like a bootleg something already.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This dude's triple bootleg. Pull the sticker off. Um, so <laughs> you're going to go to runforcoverrecords.com, Patrick. What's that promo code?
1: It's Axe to Grind.
2: And you get 15% off your entire order at Run for Cover. I really strongly suggest picking up some distro titles. They got, they got everything you need. Please believe. So do that. Um, big Go shout forward. out to our other sponsors, to Live a Lie Records and to Close Casket Activities. Uh, yes, let's get yeah. into the shit guy. Let's do it. So, um, first and foremost, Patrick, you, you were talking to, w- we won't go COVID heavy, but you were talking to a booking agent who was, uh, saying some disturbed things, huh?
1: No. So, uh, so, okay. So I would, there's two things here. Uh, there's the gentleman who is a booking agent of metal bands who, uh, it, it, like lamb goat ran with his shit because, uh, he put out on Twitter or Facebook that, Uh, he was considering getting a job in another field because he doesn't think anybody in music is going to make money until 2021. Uh, And that to provide for his family, he might have to exit the field of music. Um, And a booking agent friend, I talked to three booking or that's one booking agent. I personally spoke to two. Uh, One told me that uh, he hit that guy personally and said, Hey, not a great look because you are, uh, uh, you, 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 if you do decide to stick around, uh, you, the bands are going to feel insecure. Uh, so you, so you're not doing a great job of, uh, providing them that thing that, you know, they kind of come to you for, uh, and the other guy just said, uh, that <clears throat> he's rebooked the same tour three times. Uh, things are very, very fluid right now, yes. but, uh. This is gonna come back and, and actually the fellow that, that who put this shit up on uh Twitter, he said the same thing that you said, Bob, that my friends that everybody said, mm-hmm. which is we're gonna probably be looking at a lot of door deals until uh security in, until this is a a more stable market. Now, yes. here's what I think. I think I think everybody going into it with that with that feeling that oh the we're going to see a lot of promoters taking advantage of the situation and hitting people with door deal offers that are stupid because, uh, the reality is we're going to find out very quickly if people are keen to go back to public events or are scared. I don't think anybody's going to be scared. I don't think that if the, if shows start happening again in August, the idea that people are that young people, i.e. the people that go to shows are going to be so terrified that they're not going to go to public events anymore, I think is idiotic. Uh, but one way or the other, we will find out quickly. So I think that booking agents are usually ripping off promoters in some way. I think promoters are going to be ripping off booking agents come, uh, the fall saying, Oh no, no, I can't do this for anything other than a door threshold. Let's go. Uh, And I think, and I honestly think that that's going to be used to lowball a bunch of bands.
2: Um, it's it's like so, there's there's no doubt in my mind that that will happen. So, um, okay, there you go. So, the uh, the thing here, Tom, you've probably been hearing about this on if you've been listening to any sports podcasts. Sports are a different beast, and yes. this is I, I understand this. People are talking about: Are you going to be able to fill a basketball arena or a football stadium? You're looking at a different demographic, higher age group, much more people. Um, I think that level of event, there might be some immediate trepidation. I'm talking f- within the first two months of this.
0: Oh, 100%. I, something that I read, which actually kind of makes sense, um, or like so it was like a poll or something, was that like a good portion of the U.S. will not go back to any major kind of gatherings until there's a vaccine.
2: Yeah.
1: I see, I, I'm not buying that.
2: I, I'm, it I makes think sense. That, I think that it'll be um, slow drip out of size of event. I think Punk will be fine, and that's
0: yeah. I was talking about it on something. One of the fucking I was a media mogul in this last week. I was on a podcast, Um, but I think we were talking about that. I was like Punk. It's like you know, we've always been able to find a place to have a show and blah blah blah. Like I don't think you know, even the biggest shows are not going to have five hundred people. You know what I mean? but like, Well,
2: the, the biggest you will, but like the – Oh, yeah, well, I'm saying like them. a big punk
0: show, not like – Oh, yeah, no. Not talking about uh-huh. like style or something. Like, you know, they're punk, but like they'll never not draw a thousand people. But like – um, but just like I feel like that won't be as much of a – like that I think everyone will come back at once. But like if you're like trying to fucking see like Dave Matthews band at Giant Stadium, I bet you that's not going to be this year.
2: No, I have an yeah, offer okay. to go do that, and and uh, and uh, the friend of mine who offered that said, "Man, look, we're in the end times. Let's just go see DMB and get really fucked up." And I said, "Hey, man, if this gets like six months worse, let's go." Gonna,
0: so <laughs> your edge is good for six more months. Come
2: on, man. My edge is good for six more months. If it gets worse and there's a good DMB concert, I'm just saying it's like it's questionable. <laughs> I'm to go back
0: to house. Yeah, yeah, you
2: know what I mean. I'm gonna two step my way out there. um <laughs> so uh, with this said uh, varying opinions we'll see a friend of mine asked like what do you think the odds are of this tour happening bah, bah, bah. in what, are they, what was it uh, September um, and I was like ah, uh, okay and, not, and then he was asking what about this thing in July and I was like 20% and I was like but that's today in three weeks it might be 70%. I don't know. You know, it, it's, it's one of those really things. No, it, it's like you can prognosticate. I, I, it's fun to, um, to an extent, but, but you know, you, you also have to put the caveat of like, yeah, I, who fucking knows, you know, <laughs> um, as of right now, things are, are not like, I haven't heard of anything really being bumping for May. Uh, I have heard of some stuff that people are trying to pot up off in June. Um, but as the days tick by, that that's you know questionable. July seems like the go time that everybody wants to shoot for. So uh, keep keep spirits up. If you're getting bored, if you're getting hung up about not being able to see folks, um, try to think about your summer. You know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna go bouncing souls on you here, but like it's a weird time. Uh, Why not just wait this shit out now so that summer can be popping?
1: Oh. Let, let let me say something that uh, grabbed my heartstrings a little bit the other day. Um, so uh, I assume you fellas know, but maybe not all of our listeners know about. Uh, uh it, it's it, ball players uh, typically have a, ch- a charity that they're associated with, right? Uh, same thing for some managers, etc. And uh, Joe Tory was in some ways kind of a uh, he was he was his charity, his cause was a thing that when he started it, not everybody his age felt comfortable talking about. And, uh, right. that's domestic violence. Right. Sure. Uh, and so this has been his thing for years and years. And, uh, it's kind of touching because that's his story. His dad was a, a New York city cop who was terribly abusive. And, uh, it stuck with him for the rest of his life. He, I think he, if I recall correctly, he funds a place named after his mother. Uh, so I was always a little affected by that because it wasn't normal, at least in my experience for men of a certain age to talk about abuse in, in the way that we all kind of do now, you know? Right. But yeah. I just didn't feel normal when I was first exposed to Joe Torrey's story. Right. Uh, but, uh, always kind of pulled my heartstrings, but he he, uh, he just did like an op-ed for uh, CNN or whoever uh, about a thing that is I hadn't thought about. Now, I, I know everybody thinks or there's enough social media going around, hey, if you're uh, in lockdown with your abuser, and, and I typically see that as, uh, like I didn't have the wherewithal to understand that abuser is a broad term. That can also mean you're abusing children or a child is present. It didn't right. occur to me. I thought of, I thought of couples, you know? And, uh, but Joe Tory his take on the Corona thing was just so fucking touching because it was an angle I just hadn't explored, which is, uh, when he was a kid, if he saw his father's car in the driveway, he went straight to the, to the baseball diamond. You know what I mean? Like he just didn't go home. And, uh, kids don't have that opportunity right now. If they're locked up with their piece of shit, fathers or mothers. And, uh, I found it very affecting. Uh, so uh, that's just to share something with you. If you're interested, uh, everybody go check out, bring, it was my effort to bring the mood down. Uh, go check, uh, <laughs> go check that Joe Tory thing because, uh, it, it's a, uh, it's a part of this Corona thing that I had not considered that there's a lot of kids who are witnessing things that kids shouldn't witness. Uh, so, uh, that's a, a little, uh, everybody can be sad now.
2: Well, uh, I appreciate you saying that stuff. I, I, um, I kind of want to do an episode that isn't the main feed episode. Maybe we'll do an overtime episode sometime this week and also be able to think about it. Each of us, uh, and give people the chance to, to opt in and, and listen to us and talk to it, um, and share maybe, but I have a feeling this weird horse shit that we're having to deal with has tendrils that we we've touched on. I mean, you just did with the Joe Tory thing that I thought was really eloquent and well said in terms of how this is impacting households. Um, but, but we've also kind of alluded to how this is impacting small businesses, is both the visible ones and the ones that you maybe aren't seeing. Um, and I'd like to talk about that stuff more at large. So, so the people who want to hear about that or think about it, you know, we've, we've briefly touched on this and we've probably talked about it a few times, but like the fact that the comic book industry might not survive this in the way it is. And that we might be looking at like Marvel and DC as uh, intellectual property management companies more so than publishing companies, um, is fucking wild. And there's a lot more than that, you know? So, we will do that but uh you know everybody it's a good time for compassion and to uh to reflect on that and to share it as much as possible
1: it's a it's a time of, of great frustration for me because uh watching people do what they the thing that they think is in the public's best interest uh, as you said some things have longer tails than we understand like the, there's impacts that we don't quite get uh, but I think we could get if we thought about it, and a good example to me would be the the narrative among young people or you know Twitter narrative is that an abuser is an abuser is an abuser, uh, and look maybe that's true. There's something inside you that that maybe is maybe is intrinsic. I'm not a fucking uh, you know I, I, I'm not a, a philosopher or a, or, or a, a psychiatrist, but what I'll say is it's just fucking statistically provable that during a financial hardship, domestic violences go up. And uh, the longer that we keep people in forced poverty because of this thing, I just, I I, just for something to chew on for people in a serious way, this is going to become a life versus quality of life issue. And, and we have to factor in somebody who's now look, this is not in defense of the fucking wife, beater. It's just to say that there's a kid that's going to be seeing something a month from now that that kid didn't need to see. And that's because of, uh, in, at least in part, because of the pressures that are going to be on everybody. And making no excuses for anybody, it's just going to be an unfortunate circumstance that we have to consider a generation that m- might have actual trauma due to what is going on right now and the decisions that we're making supposedly for the greater good. So just a thing to reflect on for, for our listenership. I'm just bringing the mood down. Please take us to hardcore.
2: <laughs> All right. Um, this is a question that I saw posed, um, uh, but I think it's a good one, and it ties into some of this shit we talked about as far as how things will go for people going to shows, how things will go for bands booking shows and tours, et cetera. Do you think this entire period where we're basically blacked out there's no bands out there working hard and, you know, like not not in some dis way. No one is able to be out there working hard to get new fans right now. Um, it's really difficult if you can't tour, if you can't do these things. Are we looking at a bit of a hard reset coming out of this whole thing where bands who were doing really well maybe have to earn it a little more? Where bands who are at zero have a chance to really... Jump the jump the gun, so to say. Like, are we going to come out of this time? You know, basically, like, are we resetting the the Nintendo system, hitting the reset button, or did we just push pause? What do you guys think? I'll I'll, I'll take my answer off the air.
0: <laughs> first time listener, first time caller. Um, hey Tom, how's it going? Good, thanks, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. I'd like to say. <laughs> Uh, I don't understand how you trade Jay Buna.
2: Look, <laughs> look. Buna. Buna. Buna's best uh, season was three years ago. We can't, we can't, <laughs> you can't. You got to look at those numbers. Okay. Look at the efficiency. Okay. Look at the feeling.
0: York, no one's going to get this other than people from New York that like sports. I think the game is on pause. I don't think it's going to be like a huge change in like the – the hierarchy of hardcore right now. But I mean, maybe I'll be, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, like you got, you're playing with your friend online yeah. and you both have to pause to go use the bathroom.
2: Okay. Patrick. Uh,
1: I disagree. Uh, I think that, um, I think that there's some bands are going to not come back in as uh, they're going to become part-time bands. Okay. I I think that a lot of bands that are ascendant today are going to be part-time next year. And the reason I say that is because most people, most musicians in our, in our field, um, they, they're, there's a window for them to be able to do as much as they'd like. They're not career musicians per se. And uh, family is typically the thing. So look to our listeners who one of them is making $30,000 and the other one's making $38,000 and they live in Cleveland and they can raise a family. I'm happy for you. I'm not knocking you or your income, but there for many people, the best you're ever going to do being in a band is $30,000. That's the best you're ever going to do. And it's hard to raise a family on that, particularly if you start considering, I have to be away from my family to make the money
2: that is low. <laughs> and so then you and have a thing that is... Jim has a job for me at the... Cutting trees, a body shop. Uh, the fucking uh, cubicle uh, man- factory, you know, like, and I can start at 42 with two weeks off a year.
1: Yes. So, so... For the interest of their loved ones, their typically their husband or wife or or, or uh, uh, on co- uh, upcoming child uh, that they have to make hard decisions, or maybe not hard. Maybe it's just time to move on, and that's fine, and the, uh, whatever. And uh, I think that there's asking bands in our world to essentially not function for a year is asking a lot. Uh, not because they're going to come back at a reduced power uh as as a band in terms of popularity or whatever, they could come back big but but I'm saying in terms of time in someone's life, if if there's any bands that you love that are twenty nine years old uh and have been playing for three years and uh things have been going well, but they're only ascendant, or they've peaked and somebody in the band knows it.
2: Or let me throw this uh, scenario really quick. They, they were touring, doing enough to pay the bills. But, you know, hey, off cycle a little, little bit in January and February, regrouping, because that's usually a slow time. Oh, shit. Our tour in March and April got t- canceled. And my bank account is low. Yeah, and I was depending on these tours to make rent. Fuck. How long can I live like this? And then they spend... Two, three, four months of this shit, and realize, damn, I can't keep living like this. Regardless of family, regardless of boyfriend, girlfriend, mom, dad, significant other, child, whatever. Sometimes reality hits in a weird way like that. So, I mean, I think
1: here's here's what I think
0: to talk to your baseballs. Do you think this is the equivalent of like? Ted Williams having to, like, go to, like, fight in World War II and then losing out on, like, two of his most productive years.
1: Uh, yeah, for a lot of people, I do think that. Exactly. Or, or I think let it's me a give stri- you this.
2: Yeah, this Elgin Baylor played for the Lakers in 61 and 62 when he was active duty military. So that meant on the weekdays he was active duty serving in the Army, but they allowed him to travel and play games with the Lakers on the weekends. Wow. Insane, but but you realize like oh so so instead of playing eighty two, he's at thirty. Wow, I never knew that. Wow.
1: So that's the thing that like maybe some of our youngest listeners uh, can't get a firm grasp on just because it's impossible. But there's times in people's lives where a year really matters. A, A year is, and I don't think years specifically matter very much at all. But if, but there are periods, there are little windows where a year can mean the difference between maintaining your relationship with the woman that you're with or the man that you're with or it going the other way. Uh, there's years where, uh, you feel like you have to make a career move now if you want to have anything for retirement or if you, or, or, or the alternative being dying in an old folks home for poor people. And, uh, so there's these years where people feel an immense amount of pressure now some people put them on them put that on themselves their whole lives or years ahead of when that would matter or whatever there's there's all sorts of neuroses out there but uh what i'm saying is uh i think that there's the, uh, we've remarked on it many times the most popular bands are 30 years old uh and uh with some bands being far older but the, the bands that people really like right now many of them are 28 to 32 and that is a time in people's lives where there's certain pressures on them and I think that many bands come out of this having lost a year and are not going to be as active and to what you said Bob uh, as far as uh, bands that rely on this for their income uh, a friend that one of the booking agents that I spoke to uh, there's acts out there that make a lot of money by anybody's measure. Uh, but that doesn't mean everybody plans well or that s- certain people didn't overextend during a, a, a uh, like a period of real growth that we had the last however many years. Right. And, uh, so their bills are crushing right now and without three tours a year, their shit is fucked it's a third of your income going away. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, I think that, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, uh, we're going to see some of those bands, uh, firstly, press the fuck out of festivals this upcoming summer to get final paydays. Uh, but, yes. but I think that some of, some of them are going to just kind of not, not exist in any real way coming soon. So I, I see it as more of a, a not a, more than a pause.
2: So, Here's my – I actually see both sides of it, but I think it's going to be weird because time moves so fast for hardcore in general. And you know, even when we look back a year at some of the conversations in the bands you talk about and then you go back two years, it's like, oh, shit, things are way different. And so this is something to think about. If you're an artist, if you're a band, if you're wanting to do it – keep that in mind um i think it's going to be it's going to be something interesting and who knows we don't know how this whole thing mutates out when it's done so um just something that was stirring in my mind i saw someone kind of pose that like like should there just be a full reset and i'm like there shouldn't be but the band that was kind of dormant and was planning to drop a record or big tours in this time frame and hasn't been able to well now some of those bands have been kind of out of the out of sight out of mind for six to eight months yeah and that feels really different than if they just were around away for four months um yeah you know like for example i'll just say turnstile i yo they're still going to draw they are a fucking crazy good band who a lot of people love i really like that band do i know how they'll come out of this i'm not sure I'm really not. I think they'll be fine. They're they're one of the ones who I think is relatively bulletproof. But then again, when's the last time they did a big tour?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's. Uh, I mean, there's going to be the the good thing for some of these bands. Honestly, is that with nothing else percolating, with nothing without people seeing anything new, uh, they may not people fans may not jump to just the next thing. You know what I'm saying? It, it It's because uh, there's nothing to jump to right now. There's, you know, there's some cool records coming out and some good demos, I'm sure. But it's, uh, I think that there's less competition, which is good, but it, people might just lose. It's like, look, Tom, here's a good comparison. Comic books that uh, are on their third issue right now are dead. They're fucking dead. They're not coming back. No matter how the market comes oh, back.
2: yeah, it's done. People don't even, don't even people, go to print
1: don't go to print with four, four, five, and six. <laughs> don't bother because the fall off on people's interest, it, if you're even a month late is on, you can't wrap your head around it. it. It does. It defies reason. Uh, but that's the way that that market works. I think that to, to some degree, our market works the same way. Um, you, you, you're out of sight for too long and it's a beaten, you know? So, uh, but you know, I, I hope Tom that you're, your original assessment is right. And that we can kind of get back on the right foot or back on the same foot. Cause I like, I quite like a lot of stuff that is popping right now. I think that we got a lot of good bands. I so love, I hope the, that I love the
2: environment of right now. I feel like there's a real diversity to things. Um,
1: yeah. And, and look, sh- the bands that can release something right now, I think it's cool. I, I'm excited for that drain record. I haven't heard a note of it and I'm excited for it. Cause it's, it's like, yo, what a, very, what a good. good time for something fun to come out. And they are fun,
2: yo Tom. I, the- I, I think you might have s- kind of hit on something inadvertently, but maybe not so much. did uh, you, Tom? Um, when you were no. talking about punk will find a way, and we'll find a way, is this kind of idea like, yo? Maybe this shit starts small. Maybe maybe it's gonna be smaller shows to start because you can't get in the bigger venue. Like if right. someone told me. Oh, Turnstile is gonna do a, or Turnstile or a comparable bigger band, a band who I can knock loose. Whoever, whoever yeah. A, yeah, exactly. A band who can clearly sell out a three hundred to five hundred cap room easily is playing a two hundred person cap or a more DIY tour, where it's like, oh, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna do some VFWs just just to kind of get you know back in game shape and see what's out there. Oh, right. How exciting is that shit? So, do I mean, you
0: think? Yeah. Both you guys are more industry insider than I am. I can tell you about Rikers, but that's not – <laughs> It's,
2: it's um, real inside.
0: Um, yeah, well, literally. Um, do you think there's a possibility that venues will kind of downsize? Like so a 600 cap will cap itself at 300 in the beginning? Uh,
1: so uh, – th- Okay. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about it on the air, but uh, Live Nation, who uh, owns or manages an absurd number of venues across the United States, and to our listeners who think that this doesn't impact them because they're so DIY, blah, 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 uh, you're, you're probably very dumb. Uh, it's, it's an absurd number of venues. So unless every, everything you attend is, is a, a benefit at the zine library, trust me, you are affected in some way. Uh Live Nation is bleeding millions right now.
0: By the day. Uh,
1: by the day. Uh, so for yes, for everybody curious, that's millions by the day. Unable to issue refunds. They have to stagger their refunds, otherwise, they would bankrupt themselves in a day. So uh now will they receive some sort of bailout? Maybe. I don't I don't know. But if they don't, for whatever reason, and things carry on like this for any longer than already anticipated, we might be looking at massive closures of venues across the United States, like some very famous, uh, some very long lived. We might be looking at a lot of, and certainly a number of small places that, that, you know, like if you're small and not in a cityish area where your bar business, where you can hope for bar business to return on day one, regardless of whether or not you've got shows, uh, you're looking at some real pains. And I, I'm not—I don't want to use the word worried, but I am. Uh, friends that work in any type of production, I'm—I I'm, got a little anxiousness for them, a little anxiety for them. Yep. And uh, I am also worried that some venues that I like may not return catastrophic internet failure. The whole uh, system went down. The uh, Somebody hacked the mainframe. We thought uh, it was Skynet. Was a, yeah, there was a core meltdown.
0: There was a war game. Uh, we were doing war games.
1: We <laughs> were doing war games. Back online. The only way uh, to win is not to play, fellas. Uh, let's pick it up and tell me, uh, Bob, you were about to, to, to tell me some shit. What is it?
2: Well, I was going to answer Tom's question, which was, do we think venues are considering... Uh, sizing issues. So, so to say, do we think 500 caps are going to be considering like, hey, how can we make this more amenable for 300 people, just in case? Uh, and the answer is yes. I mean,
0: like it'll be more palatable to people to be like, well, all right, so you know, Urban Plaza fits 1100 people, but they're only going to sell 600 tickets, so not everyone's standing on top of each other, and maybe they can scale this. Or like, I was always curious to see if that would be a way to kind of make it a little bit more. Appetizing to folks coming back, because yeah,
2: and venues are the good venues are always concerned with that. However, you know, you hit a certain point in size where they're like, "Hey, if you can't get seventy percent capacity in here, that's not our problem. You should be going to a different room." Um, And we, why don't you mean it that way? I mean, like them doing it intentionally. Oh, I I mean, that's where I was going. Is I think I think that they are all preparing for that reality and thinking about that and trying to decide where this is going to be. And the real behind the scenes is that from what I'm told is the, the kind of fun time punk way of looking at this of, Hey, uh, punk will find a way. Why don't these bands do DIY tours in smaller spots? The upscaled corporate thinking on this is, Hey, with our uncertainty, we're looking at at numbers for these bands. Maybe it just makes sense to put them at the size down. You know, uh, the band right. who is playing a stadium is going to play arenas, arenas, the theaters, big clubs, etc., etc. Yeah,
0: et
2: so, uh, so we'll see. It should be it should be an interesting.
0: Uh, I and mean, even so to piggyback on that to get real fucking insider. Mm-hmm. Do you think like all right? So drug church, we're going to use it as an example. All right, Pat. I'm here. So, like, say, you know, you're now topping out at, say, 500 cap rooms that we, you guys do on your own, say. Right? Highly
1: optimistic. I'd say three, right, but so you're yeah, going. Nice.
0: but say five. Okay. So, you you know, like Bob was saying, like, oh, we'll do, like, this little DIY tour. Play, you know, like how Norma Jean, taking it back to the roots, playing people's basements and shit, right? Yes. Do, do you think, given, like, the kind of everyone's sort of sheepish about everything, that, like, the next time you go to book – like a, a live nation venue or an AEG venue, whatever, they're going to look like, well, last time you did a tour, you had to play fucking VFW 372 in Columbus. Maybe, no. like, that not behoove you to do that as a band that's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BDW. For We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS.
0: It wasn't just a radio station. It was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Get I do right. like to Get down! The wrath of the buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, PROH Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.
1: Hey what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob Podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as
0: well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search the Tone Mob
1: in your search bar, and it will pop right up. Come join us; we're having a lot of fun. Thanks
0: for checking it out.
1: Uh, oh, if you're asking in general, like during good times,
0: uh... oh, or no, no, in these times when people are kind of like, I don't know what this is going to look like. Are they going to be willing to take a chance on you at a 500 cap, knowing you just did a run of places that topped out at 200?
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, so what I... like, yeah, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of forgivable things happening because there's been so much slotting like I was talking to a band who's had a tour that was canceled but with a strong intent of being rescheduled but they also had something on the books for then and it was kind of like hey can we try to do both there might be some overlap we don't want to make anyone mad and cancel X to do Y we don't want that optic of that we're choosing this thing instead of that thing And the answer I gave was, "Hey, everyone gets this. Everyone's in this boat, and there's going to be a lot of forgivable on this. And there's going to be a lot of, eh. It was just coming out of that shit. Um, A band who goes on tour immediately coming out of this, um, they're not going to be, they're not going to be judged on that solely. Got it. (laughs) Okay."
1: Yeah, uh, it, my thing is like everybody start your OnlyFans now because this is going to be a time in history where th- they're going to look back and just be like, well, whatever happened during that uh, two months happened during that two months. Uh, so so it's all free. It's all free. Yeah,
0: it's a free pass, it's, it's like, like <laughs> football. Like there's a, there's a flag on the play and you can just fucking wing it because it's you
2: it, can, exactly. You get exactly. being Pat's being, being modest here. Uh, we are building up to to the release of the self-defense only fans account um, I've been working on my body as you go yeah you know he's not thummy yet so you know just keep your eyes out for that get yourself yeah, get, get me
1: get me in this pre-thumb territory that i'm in
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, all right guys uh, in in the interest of kicking up some interesting questions um, and also we have some episodes ready not not recorded, but some concepts, but they have some homework. And to be honest, it's been a hard time to do homework and it's been a hard time to assign homework. So I'm going to give you guys some and we'll kind of pick and choose, but I want to make sure you, like I have a year in hardcore already to roll. The list is done. Um, a bunch of other stuff, but I don't, but I, I, it's been tough. You know what I mean. It's just been tough. Even just like, ugh. How do we, you know, it, it's fun because it's a distraction. But one, Tom, you've been working. Two, I've had, uh, I've had some interesting additional responsibilities. I love my son very much. I actually enjoy doing the teaching thing, but that's a lot of time that I have lost. Um, and Pat's just, you know, he's he's trying to regroup. He's getting that OFA set up. So. Um. So we have some homework assignments. We've been kind of loose, but the last few episodes have been fire. I don't know if you guys have felt that way, but they've been really good. Yeah, we're good when we freestyle. Oh yeah. So so we do have some some more content driven episodes coming. You'll get them. But for today, and wait, was there another on air? Oh oh oh. Let me talk about this because we all just listened to a record. And we talked about this on last week's episode, but some of you might have missed it. So this is going to be dead middle of this episode. We're doing something called the Axe to Grind Record Club. It's a book club, but instead of reading like some sort of jerk, you just have to listen to a record. Um, And the first record in the A2G Record Club, so use that, that hashtag A2G Record Club, is Vision of Disorder Imprint. Uh, VOD Imprint came out in 98. It's on all streaming platforms. We're planning to do this. What <clears throat> We've all listened to the record now. We'll, I'll probably try to listen to it again at least once before we talk about this on the next episode. We want to get feedback from listeners. Um, that's people who are familiar with this record and people who aren't. If you think, if you are a top 1% VOD fan, love to hear from you. If you are a top 1% VOD hater slash this sounds like some shit I'd never listened to really want to hear from you um, and if you're somewhere in the middle same thing it's going to be more interesting that way I think this is a fun activity we're going to probably do a few of these as a recurring theme uh, because it's fun to dive into these kind of records and we're going to do all sorts of different sub-genre types so don't don't think it's going to be focused on any one particular Um Without revealing, what were some of your initial thoughts, guys, on VOD imprint that you'd want to tell people who haven't listened yet?
0: I was familiar with that. I actually I think I put it up that I was this is my first foray into the book into the record club.
2: Yeah, you oh yeah, this you were you were the suggester. You were right. the uh, uh,
0: Yeah, so kicked it um, off. Yeah, yeah. Um I hadn't listened to it in a bit, but yeah. I was curious because it's a weird record and I would love to hear like what Bob and Pat probably revisiting it, what what they thought. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, And I have uh, many a hot take about who was trying to rip this off low key at the time Uh, because my initial take is this is better at what it attempted to be than almost all of its contemporaries.
2: I have a lot of – this is my first – listen to this record i have some very interesting ideas of one where it fell at the time two the kind of bands that it was pulling from and then that have pulled from it three bands that i think indirectly sort of sound like this Mm. um and, and kind of the good parts, the good, the bad, and the ugly of this record. Uh, and I look forward to really going into that. We're going to probably spend some good time on that for our next episode. We'll post about this. Um, yeah, get involved. It would be cool. I think it will be really cool to get a lot of different perspectives on this. Especially, like I said, if you're a huge fan or a huge detractor slash never heard it, that's that's going to be really fun. Um, okay, all that shit is said. Really excited about that project. Hit the Instagram and told people. Do you guys you guys ever have questions that you'd like to ask but not have your name attached to it?
0: Uh, in in life, life,
2: yes. Right, same. Um, so we are uh,
0: Psyched. Uh, now we're going to read your Instagram handles. And oh he-
2: yeah! <laughs> oh, the heel turn du- exposed. Du- 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 but we're going to uh, genie in the bottle. We're going to give people their their wish on this and go through some questions some of these are mild some of them are yeah inferno hot um we'll start (laughs) at the bottom and now we're here how old is too old to start your first hardcore band
1: um uh, never too old never too old but
2: don't expect good results tom you're saying 35 never too young never too
0: old to take stand fucking hard and take control
2: of your life,
0: right. um, I mean, yeah, I think Pat's probably right. I hate to say that, but like, thank it, you. you uh, yeah, it, it pains me deeply to agree with you. You can, I mean, you can do it whenever, but the you you will see diminishing returns most likely. The only, quite honestly, in my experience, the only older dude that started a, ba- a hardcore band that succeeded mm-hmm. was Andy Killer Idols.
2: Um sweet Pete. How old is Pete? That's twenty. He's in his late twenties, you know.
0: Right, right. So like, yeah, I mean same thing with With Andy, uh, right? I mean he had to be probably closer to thirty something. Okay. You know, or like late very right there. Yeah, but like other than that, like I've never known someone to be like, no, I'm thirty-three, I'm just starting my first hardcore band. I get usually few and
2: far between. Um so here's my my suggestion. Never too old, however, if you're planning to be the front man, really consider what you're going up there to do. If you're the drummer, the bass player, even the guitar player, I think it doesn't really matter what your age is, um, but make sure you got some energy. If you're going to be the singer, you're going to be the front person, make sure you got something to say that not isn't uh, isn't just, I've got bills to pay.
1: Uh, I've got mixed feelings because I want to say that that's fine for the audience, the very limited audience (laughs) that, that might be game for that. Like, like every time I shit on like old guy hardcore, I forget that like, there's like 30 dudes in any given town that will come out just for that. And they enjoy it. So like, you know, is it, is it necessarily exciting to me? Nah, but, uh, There is like a a particularly once you start getting into that, like kind of oi crossover where we're all talking about how shitty our jobs are. uh, (laughs) Yeah.
2: If you want to start a pub rock band, you might be on the young side at 35. Um, Yeah, that's true. So, so So, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I just think consider who you want to be playing in front of. If your expectation is you want a room going buck wild, jumping off shit and moshing and five rows of people singing along um, and you're 40 Uh, you better really bring it. Just, just saying. Yes.
1: Yeah. And, and as a dude that is getting to be old as fuck, I'm going to say that you have no excuse. Uh, like I'm still good at what I do. So, uh, I I don't want to see anybody come with their balding ass and like flop around like they don't know, uh, that this is a a kinetic thing that we do here. So, so, uh, so, so, yeah. Go ahead. So, uh, it, it, as Bob said just be exceptional at what you do and don't get me wrong if you just started a thing I don't exce- I don't expect you to be the best that ever lived off the bat but if you've been witnessing something for however many years and decide that it's time for you to jump into it just uh, do it with uh, with the type of gusto that the, that it obviously requires yeah,
2: so I, I kind of I'm, I'm had, with you on this yeah I kind of had uh, enough of your kayfabe. Patrick was born February twentieth, nineteen
0: eighty eight. Just 25th. so everybody knows. Thank oh, you.
2: I, I, kn- I knew the real date. I was given the bullshit. I was trying <laughs> to give you. I was trying to give you a, a little window there. So you know that's why he's a little sensitive about his age. You know what I mean? So just give him. Give him, be easy on the guy.
1: Yeah, I, I'm uh, an, an embarrassingly old, uh, thirty two. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: you're, like you're like old English, old, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, precisely. He can I, barely uh...
2: re- remember Phil Sims. All right. Um, is everyone that is performative as fuck about social issues really ashamed?
1: Uh, not everybody. Some people everybody. are just self-righteous weirdos.
2: Yeah, not everybody. a good bit, but um, yeah, it's not everybody. Definitely a reason. It's in, uh, what is, is that Family Feud? Family Feud, you're getting like 30 <laughs> points for this one. You're not getting 48. Yeah, for sure. But you're getting 32. Um, did anyone ever like found dead hanging first answer yes someone did but um found dead hanging um, uh no
1: no not a living human
2: where I, I can't even speak intelligently on this i don't know them They're from it's the guy that did Hellfest. oh okay so maybe people fake like they like them so they
0: get their money back i don't
2: know oh, yeah you know what there's probably a lot of people who liked who were like yo man cool band hey uh you know, know what's ben, going on what's going on for next year
1: Yeah, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that.
2: Oh, and uh, the continuation of the, is everyone that is performative as fuck about social issues really ashamed or do they lack the relevant self-awareness? Look, um, so many people. All right, so there's internet users of all types. And um, when we talk performative on social issues in 2020, a lot of times that to me boils down to internet um, branding and personality. Uh, And I feel like so many people either are hyper-aware or completely lacking. And those extremes can be a real clash. And uh, man, yes, self-awareness is an important thing. Um, Now, don't let it get in the way of you doing things you want to do. Don't let it get in the way of feeling free to make fun of yourself, laugh at yourself, laugh at the things you do. Uh, Save things that maybe are sticking out but be conscious that if you lack all self-awareness and are just standing on a hill all the goddamn time a lot of people aren't going to listen to you
1: that's a fact
2: okay tom is it okay to prefer some albums or best of that the band re-recorded okay i'm gonna reread this because this was said really poorly Oh my God! All right, is it okay to prefer some albums or best re-recorded. of recorded that the band re-recorded? Yeah, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Of course, yeah. Although, uh, of course, it's of course it's okay. But I, I, I think this person is asking the obvious question: Does it ever really happen? Um, and I'm going to say no. that I'm going to I'm going to say that it it does happen. Demo to album But that's not what this person is talking about What this person is talking about is when bands re-record 20 years later
2: and Right, do, re-recording For a best of album, like, oh, let's do these Let's let's do this compilation Oh, it's hey, been Pat. a while, let's put this together
0: Pat, have you ever heard,
2: so Sick of It All did that
0: uh, They did I actually quite liked it
1: uh, I think it's less Shameful than when, for example Earth Crisis attempts the same thing uh, But it is, uh It's still... So here's the problem, right? Is that everybody gets it in their head that because they paid $200 for a recording and it doesn't represent...
0: What they sound like. power.
1: Yeah, the power that they think that they could have brought to it or bring to it today. They think that by re-recording it, uh, they can capture that. And there's two problems with that. Is that A, few bands can, right? For whatever reason. And B, because... A lot of times people just love the era that they fell in love with you and that even right. if you're more, be- me- yeah, even if you're more beautiful today, they want what they, they want you at
0: 23. You know what I mean? Like for whatever I mean reason. The rest of us, I could go in tomorrow and record a better version of Unorthodox than I did. Right. Nobody wants to hear that shit. Uh, correct. It, We're a better band now. We we know what things sound like. You know what I mean. But nobody wants that,
1: right? People love time and place. People love mythos. People love. Sure. Uh, th- 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 so it's th- so to this person, if you came in with totally naked ears to a thing, it's entirely possible that you would like a later recorded version. But for ninety nine percent of people, they they uh, particularly actually, let me say this: there is also a social pressure. There's uh, this idea that, like, when you're a young person, you might have heard the re-recorded version first and like it better. But people are going to constantly be in your ear that that's the lame version, you know? What I mean? true. <laughs> so very like, true, so so there's this kind of like there's this weird thing where there's multiple layers of of you second guessing if that's really the the genuine article or the thing that you love, and uh, all of it adds up to make it so that very few bands record exciting. Uh, uh, re-recordings of, of established songs. Uh, it doesn't mean it's impossible. And as Tom pointed no. out, the sick of it all one is, is certainly, is certainly worthy. Uh, it, it's just people don't, even though people say they want it from you, like Tom's right. I think unorthodox sounds like doo-doo, and w- they would kill it, it today. <laughs> I did that for you. They would kill it today. Uh, I think that it would just be me. I'd be the only one that would enjoy that. Everybody else would be like, "Yeah, I've been asking for this, but I don't actually want it."
0: Right. So like Ray could record. Can't close my eyes tomorrow. <laughs> it'd be better. Yeah, it'd be better. But oh, nobody sake, Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, good question. My, yeah, really good question. I think you guys were able to really decipher it and answer exactly what the guy was going for. The 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 other part I'll throw in there is I quite often like when a band has. Um, you know say they have a demo in a 7 inch or a couple EPs and it's leading up to a full length and then excuse me on a full length a song or two from those records is mixed in i think that and sometimes i prefer that the version on the full length and i think that's a really tasteful way to kind of have a continuity to what you're doing with your entire musical catalog. And I think that can be a really fun thing to do and, and quite often is done tastefully in the hardcore and punk world. Um, but I, I also tend to agree like the later re-recording stuff, hard, hard to do it the way hard to do it, but there's nothing wrong with liking those versions more. It just kind of probably indicates a little bit of what you heard first. Yeah. Um, punishment or wrong side of the tracks um, punishment
1: I have no strong feeling on this
2: me neither um, why doesn't every time I die get more love from the general hardcore scene is it because of warp tour No.
1: Um, I think I think this is a false p- premise uh, I think, I think, think that it.
2: I yeah, think they get exactly. a lot of love
1: I th- now. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a false premise. I think that the, the band gets plenty of love. Uh, I think that, you think, to be- well, I'll say, this. yeah, it's a little bit of both. There's a, there's a, there's a general audience. There's a, there's a GA component to their, uh, sure. uh their fan base. Um, uh, but there's still plenty of plenty of hardcore kids that go to that shit. And, uh, you know, and look, the band's been around for 150 years. So it's also possible that some of their audience is died in the wool, hardcore kids, but not the ones you're going to see at shows because they're a little bit older. That's possible too. So, uh, I I think that like, this is a bit like asking, uh, you know, why don't I hear more kids talk about converge? You know I mean? Like it's a false premise in some ways. It's, it's like, uh, uh, I, I, think that the band is very well loved, Uh, there was a time where they, they brought in some influences that to some hardcore kids are corny. Uh, and that might've, that might've alienated them for a time, but you can, you can't do what they've done for as long as they have and not gain some respect. So, uh, yeah, there's always going to be a hater, but I think that they have plenty fans. So I, I, I somewhat reject the premise.
2: Uh, OK, so I, I you guys are saying everything is true. Uh, everything you've said is true. Um, every time I die, correct me if I'm wrong. They started they, they came up in the more metal core leaning side of things for sure. That's right.
3: Correct. Um, correct.
2: The Hellfest scene. So they weren't a band I heard until is it gutter phenomenon? Yes, that's right. Um, and that became this weird really widely. Appreciated record by a lot of people. I'm I, I'm not in that camp though. When I've listened, I'm like, oh yeah, this is fine. Like I could see why this is something people like. Like it, it's not bad at all. It's actually got a lot of energy. And there's certainly bands I like that I'm like, oh maybe you're borrowing from them. Uh, that said, I think they came from that more metalcore leaning side. So there is a swath of hardcore that wasn't into them then. And then as they got bigger and bigger and kind of exceeded that scene and started drawing in from all places, there might be people who miss them, but they get a lot of love. Exactly what you guys said. Like, who are the people going to see them? People from every, I, I can I can name people who are, you know, from the os-rotten Wasi <laughs> version of punk who are like, yeah, every time I die, the band's fucking sick. Cool. You know? So um, they get a lot of love. Not because of warp tour is violence an inherent part of hardcore? No. Uh, yeah. No, for me. I, uh,
1: I can like I don't even think Tom needs to uh, demonstrate the point. I think that you could. I see the argument both ways. Yeah, uh, but but I think if we thought about it, we would say that we've all been to enough. Shows where that was not on offer on any level. Uh, that that it's not
0: requisite. It, it no, but I, think, from, I mean, go you got to th- I'm not saying like you know moshing in the back, punching a you know a girl half your size is is inherent. But like as even a stage dive is violent.
2: Well, that's oh, that's okay. the thing. If, the if idea? We of, mean the that idea thing, is, is yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Like,
0: like anywhere else, someone throws one body at another body. You've got, yeah. What the fuck? So, is so that's,
2: that if we want to do a defend, definition like that, which is a very valid definition, then yeah, the the like exertion of physical energy like that can be. I'm thinking of intentional. Harm violence, like intentionally going to hit someone, you know. Because I've staged dive many times and moshed a lot of times, never with the intent of hitting someone. Um, now, clearly, when you stage dive, or, you're intending to hit somebody Yeah, well, well, no, you know, hit someone with my fist. Um, I'm not going to like when I stage dive. There's a difference between stage diving and kicking someone. You know what I mean? Sure, one hundred percent. You know, like so, all those things. Um, but you're right. Even the act of stage diving. You can unintentionally hurt someone, even the act of moshing where you think you are being very careful or or just conscientious or or not really going you can still hurt someone um, so there's some of that um, but it's the kind of like to me the idea of intentional harm to others that's not inherent
1: yeah, I'll go with um, all that I, I I agree with both uh both lenses uh eventual conclusion
2: is there any ban from your youth? that you hold on uh is there any band you liked as a youth that is super embarrassing now
1: mm, i think that there's some that some people that other people would consider embarrassing but i'm not particularly embarrassed by
2: yeah i don't really have much embarrassment um in musical taste for sure no uh,
0: i can't think of anything off the top of my head either
2: right like there's things that i'm like ah, i don't like this the same way as i when i was younger um for whatever reasons but like not I've never thought musical taste was something that felt like getting pantsed in gym class. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) who fucking cares, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah.
0: Like a guilty pleasure, you know?
2: Right. Like, yo, like, like I said, like it's, it's like kind of an interesting part of the journey. Like, like, yo, I, I, I talked about that band varsity from Michigan that's not that's not music that I would play for you guys and be like, guys, check out this okay. band I tried to like. But like, there's no embarrassment or shame in anything. So that's,
0: that's not the next record for the record club?
2: <laughs> um, no. No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, any gaps in classic bands? I, I like the way this person framed it. Any gaps in classic bands? Example, I like Gorilla Biscuits, but I've never really listened to Youth of Today.
1: Okay, interesting.
2: Um... You know, uh, Husker do Up until recently, they're a band I had listened to. I think I t- have told this story. I got um, Zen Arcade when I was very young, and and it didn't hit me as a fifteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old. But then um, when we talked about them and did a little bit of a dive, um, I have a much greater appreciation for them now. But that was a huge kind of like uh, a gap for me. There's a few other bands. Um, that it's not like I've never heard, but I certainly could revisit and really get more familiar with. A lot of the Danger House stuff that I've listened to, I've enjoyed, but it's washed over me. So I couldn't tell you um, the difference on a lot of like Rhino 39 or this, you know, kind of YesLA comp bands. You guys?
1: So... Uh, rephrase the question for me. It, 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 what is, what is the actual thrust of the question?
2: Uh,
0: any gaps. So like, like any um, that are like popular that have just like, you know, what like he was saying, like, Oh, oh, yeah, oh like, especially I
2: and especially if it's a genre, like, like this dude used Gorilla Biscuits. He's like, Oh, I, I know. It'd be like, I know Gorilla Biscuits. I know judge. Uh, I know side by side. I know bold, but I don't know youth of today.
1: Oh, yeah. Everybody's got them. Everybody's got them. And, and, uh, mine, uh, I've mentioned, uh, I didn't really give dead Kennedys a shot until I was in my thirties. Yep. You know what I mean? Like there, there, there's, uh, and, and you, I know, you guys, it, yeah. I, would, I no, 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 I, I, I listened, uh, a couple of years ago, did most of the discography. I could only get through whatever the okay, third, like up, up, up through the third record I could get through. Uh, but like, there's, uh, where's it go after that? Um, I was doing
0: out. You said I have. I listened to them. In my, I hadn't listened to them until my thirties. So I said, "Oh, so you haven't listened to them yet?"
1: That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for defending my, my youthfulness.
0: Thing. Come on, Pat. come on.
1: Well, look in Benjamin my in, buttons in,
0: over here.
1: In, <laughs> well, I'm I'm uh, I'm concerned not about senility per se, but uh, I really think I'm getting slower. Like I I uh, I'm not as quick, and you hear me uh, struggle for words in a way that I don't feel that I did in the past. So. That means you that might be i think we do, need to go I,
2: back to school uh to be honest that need might some be alpha brain from joe rogan uh, uh,
1: do uh, i give myself like a, yeah i do need some alpha brain um so uh oh god i was just going to make a talk about lobotomies but i i read the uh, uh i was having a conversation the, the, okay sorry this is a tangent there's a movie oh, on netflix shit. right now there's a movie on netflix right now called something about missing girls or something like that and it's about um that that Gilgo Beach killer uh which we probably all remember right right on
3: my own. okay
1: uh, so i found a ton of young women like a scary amount of young women uh, uh on uh, Gilgo Beach and surrounding marsh areas etc um but I couldn't remember. I, the person I was talking to, I was trying to refresh my memory and I was like, that's not Joel Rifkin, right? That's the one, like the Long Island one is un, unsolved. And then I looked up Joel Rifkin, which brought me to uh, Dave Rubenstein of Reagan Youth and I went through the whole fucking Reagan Youth nightmare fucking thing right. uh, in my yeah. head. It's so nightmarish. Uh, and uh, he But he was partially lobotomized um, and that's what got me yeah, Joel or, or uh, Rubenstein, uh, oh, Rubenstein. uh, is, is, so, uh, yeah, uh, Dave from Reagan youth was, uh, partially lobotomized after, uh, being, uh, I forget what it was like, you know, he, he had had a drug problem and then he, he was, uh, uh, institutionalized for a short time and, and, uh, uh, it, it, I believe he was lobotomized While he was at, at that institution But lobotomies remember are not like It's not absolute it's not like they take your brain out of your head They take a portion of it So uh, he he was still functioning After that and uh, lived at his Mother's house for a time and then lived on the streets And unfortunately that's uh, But anyway for anybody that wants like a tragic Tragic fucking story go go look into that um, But Dead uh,
2: Kennedy's was a gap band for you That's what I'm <laughs> suggesting uh, Tom, <laughs> any gap bands? Oh, oh, oh man!
0: <laughs> um, you know what? Like, 100%. I have a blind spot for early. What?
1: Uh, sorry, sorry. I was Citizens Arrest for me was a late oh, yeah. one, sure. uh, and and Articles of Faith. I oh, think yeah. for ninety, I think ninety percent of our listeners, that's a gap band.
0: Hundred percent. Yes, I would say. All right, I would go with that. I was going to say like a lot of early 80s stuff surrounding like Black Flag Descendants and stuff like that. I kind of missed out on I I didn't like early – I liked early like New York hardcore, but I didn't necessarily get into the like California stuff until later on.
2: True.
1: Oh, uh, RIP, big gap for me is The Mob. Oh. Uh, And I'm trying trying –
2: The Mob records are great. And I mean if if you've missed The Mob New York, you should also check out the very different Mob from –
0: the UK, right? Yeah, UK? Exactly. yeah. Very different, but,
1: but uh, cool. So so that that continues. So uh, citizens' arrest and articles of faith are. I've plugged both those gaps, but th- those were both in my early 30s. The the uh, you know last week, but the uh, uh, the mob yes. is still I would consider a, a gap. Um, as is some of the, probably it's probably some of the Midwest uh, like proto metalcore, like some of the heavy oh. stuff that like. Oh. Uh, a kind kind of uh, like I'm sure that I could think of stuff that was uh, integrity adjacent that I have a total right, gap base on. Value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that would be a great example.
2: Yeah, there's 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 some interesting stuff in that world that I think it'd be fun, maybe not pleasurable, but fun to find the through threads to the, the heavier stuff that started going like, like what were the 89 bands that led to the 92, 93 bands uh, in the Midwest? Um, I thought you were going to go Mecht mensch and D Kruitsen or something like that with the, the Midwest stuff. Cause those are actually, those are good records if you haven't heard them.
1: No, you, f- you forget that I was in a band with Sean duty for many years. I, I don't
2: forget me and Sean duty. Kruits Kr- and super fan. Oh, real big. Yeah, well, the LP is great. Cows and beer, the cows and beer is an American hardcore necessity. The LP is the uh, the crazy person music record. So, um, all right, cool question. Um, is having multiple front people, no instruments, just vocals, whack in twenty twenty?
1: Uh, it's all. It's styles make fights. It's all how you do it.
2: Tom you got an opinion. Two vocalists whack Two. in twenty twenty. <sighs> <sighs>
0: I, I would have to say, yeah. I think that's a pretty tough one. Not even in 2020 across the board, but again, if you do it well,
2: I'm just trying to figure out the the vision of that where it works without being corny. You know what I mean? Nausea. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's pretty good.
1: But but even that is not beautiful to watch. Like no. the, 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 there's there's a it's a style that's tough because somebody seems to have their thumb in their ass at all
0: times. So, uh, yeah, it's so you, really far. I mean, look at Ian and, and he worked.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but and the instrument, you could have people, a pronounced, front you, could, people. Yeah, you could have a pronounced, uh, vocalist right. and, who's, and, and then a guitar player who's got a lot of vocal stuff and it really worked. really work. Like I'm almost more intrigued by that kind of dynamic now, but, uh, um, so I will shout out the band who's local to me, Blind Society, um, who had a punk singer and a skinhead singer. Um, they did really well. They pulled out the dynamic well, but um, but uh, it's just it's hard to imagine bands trying to replicate that kind of energy. And I think about that. I think about how much harder your your job is as a vocalist when you have to think about that, like you're now no longer like just concerned with putting on a good show, but you have to have interplay with the other singer. You know what I mean? That's right. weird. Um,
1: it is. Although I'll say that the times that I have uh, shared a stage in that way have been really fun.
2: I think in, in guest spot and stuff, I think it could be really cool. Now have you done full shows with Caroline? Uh,
1: yes. Yes, we have fun. Uh yeah, fun for sure. And I would say that the uh, the two songs that uh, we did with Touche uh, when we did finally play them live, yeah. super fun, super fun. Yeah,
2: that's cool. Um, all right, Tom, have you ever? Okay, so you guys did guess you did a dual vocal thing at Back to School Jam. That seemed fun. That was great.
0: Oh. I was not expecting Pat to actually make it. It was great.
2: Yeah, fun, fun. Okay, so so we're saying full band. It's tough. A lot of work. Mm, lean whack. Just jumping up for a guest spot, special thing. Fuck it, go for it. Yes, for sure. What would have happened with punk, quote unquote, if bad re- bad religion stopped after into the note the it stopped after into the unknown? So after the departure, right? right. Is uh, there an epitaph? Is there a warp tour lane of punk music?
1: Yes, yes, but no epitaph.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, something would have filled the place, but I'm really curious. Like, does Mystic go big time?
0: Yeah. I
2: don't know. Right. So something- the
0: adolescence, the Bad Religion of, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, like something has to pop there. Like, does No Effects Trail turn even bigger or take a more prominent role? I don't know. Like, who's the band who fills Bad Religion shoes? Um, that's a that's a fun question is the first Ramallah LP actually better than any Blood for Blood record
1: I've heard this argument the answer is no
0: no it's a good record but there's some Blood for Blood records that are
2: great Yeah, solid no from me dog best hardcore diss tracks that we don't know are diss tracks good question
1: Uh, legitimately there's full albums of of diss that people don't pick up on because it's just so inside. Um, I'm trying to think of what, like if uh, I might be outing some dudes if I, if if I say what they are, Um, a lot of things that you hear uh, that seem directed at some nameless person is often directed at, at the homies.
2: Oh yeah. Um, Okay. So to go specific one, I like the ambiguous diss track. Um, that leads to kind of like speculation. Um, the first song on the floor punch LP washed up at 18. Um, think it's about someone specific. Allegedly somebody thinks it's about someone else. But if you ask them, no, it's about this person. Um, mm. But, but kind of it's, it's left up for, for conversation. That's a good one. Um,
0: Bringing it backwards by a lifetime. Yeah. That this song, that,
2: this song, this song, supposedly about floor punch. Yep. Um, uh, the first two tracks on Ten Yard Fight Hardcore Pride, um, which are yeah, what, what are the names of them? the first one is? I think it's Hardcore Pride. Um, yeah. Let's, let's see. Let me pull this up. Oh, come on, how can Hardcore Pride not have its own Wikipedia? Jesus Christ! <laughs> that's a, that's a, a total affront that's insane do they have they never heard the demo? Um, all right <laughs> Fight hardcore pride the uh, forever and
0: hard and hardcore pride is first forever yeah. second
2: all right um, forever is about uh, is about capo youth of today better than a thousand supposedly and hardcore pride is about Civ, um which is very clear. Yeah, you can pick that up in the lyrics really right away. And yeah. when you're, like, in 1997, that's the, uh, like, for me, it was the, like, eyes wide open, mouth open emoji. Like, oh, oh, my God. Like, it was such an mm-hmm. interesting, it, it kind of shaped some some ideas for me that I can't get meta about Ten Yard Fight right now. So uh, <laughs> I will at some point uh, upon recording. When
0: Tiger's Fight is a diss song?
2: Right. Yeah, um, specific, but I don't th- – but supposedly not the, – the, the speculation about who it's about isn't true from what we're told. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know a guy, so I mean he'd be able to Right. Um, <laughs> lots of good um, – uh, the first you time – Do you ever I- wonder who the all the like Madball
0: songs are about? Oh, Jesus. Like, <clears> like <throat> Lockdown or something? Like I want to know like who fucked up that bad. Yeah, that's a good question.
2: Um, I like the ones – all right. So uh, like the first song on the mouth – mine are all like – I know all these fucking straight edge ones. Uh, the first song on the Mouthpiece LP is about um, the dude Ronnie Little who sang on ran of the Parade. He wrote sure. some zine that uh, kind of sneak dissed or directly dissed the dude's from Mouthpiece. And so they wrote that song. That's kind of cool to me. Scandal by 108 is about Josh Trusco. Oh. Yeah, there you oh. go. Wild.
0: Because he wrote in Trustkill Fanzine a clearly made up interview with Krishna, <laughs> and Vic and Rob were none too psyched.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, my culture, my culture is Krishna.
2: Yeah, um, the uh, it's not a diss song, but uh, is it in defense of reality? Shelter. Uh, Deprogrammers want to program me. How is that for irony? Uh, yep, that is a specific reference. Uh, about a story that friends brought, attempted to have uh, someone deprogrammed.
0: Wow. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, there's lots, man. There's so many good. Uh, you know, like, I have a feel like um, filler is about someone specific. You know what I mean? Like, so much of this is really sp- specific. Um, so, yeah, diss tracks, yeah. Uh, hardcore's got them. What's,
1: what's the Born Against song? Uh, eulogy. Yes. There you go. Eulogy.
2: It's fuck yeah. Who's that a shot against? Steve Reddy. Steve Reddy. Oh shit. Steve's already dead, even though it's like, do I know you guys?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like, what, it all it's the artistic point? it's artistic license. <laughs> artistic license. It's, it's fine. Sure he it's he had a fan he had a power fantasy about knowing Steve.
0: <laughs> power it, fantasy. Fuck.
2: How is that you find him?
1: Steve did find him. No, no. famously, uh, Famous
2: famously, famously showed up. Yeah, amazing. Unintentional. What's <laughs> in the neighborhood. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't didn't play the song anymore. Weird.
2: Um, Shocking. <laughs> um, yo, uh, if you if you want to enjoy hardcore more, or you like, right now I've seen some people who are who are thirsty for lore go seek this shit out and look up some of the songs and lyrics and stuff. You'll make a lot of connections, and it's it's a pretty funny story.
0: I want to say Who Sets the Rules is by, by Sick of It All is about uh, Born Against.
1: Oh, yeah, that yeah. makes total sense. And I feel like that,
2: that Born Against Sick of It All debate might have fueled like, a record and a half. For oh, them. I'm sure.
0: Gee. My buddy was just listening to that the other day. And I can like pretty much do it by uh, verbatim. Yeah, they bought us football jackets. You want to say something about it? You want to do something about it? It's amazing. Oh, that's so good. I can't listen to it.
1: It's the most uncomfortable I am. I'd like. It's It's like watching uh, the most intense Curb Your Enthusiasm episode.
0: <laughs> it's so good, though. I mean, Born Against I – mean, I don't know. And it's funny because Spermicide sounds like Rachel to me. So it's as if Rachel is there, being like, "All right, guys, stop, guys. All right, guys!" It goes off <laughs> in the air with Pete Kohler throwing a
2: chair. We might yeah, need to. I do, mean, that's great. We might need to do a deep dive on that and listen to it and pause it and just talk about it as it's going. I think sure.
1: That be- I'm game. I'm I game for that.
0: There was somebody from Life's Blood. It was John Hiltz, I think, was there. Hiltz was there for sure. I feel like, um, uh, fuck, singer from Rorschach. Charles, Matt Charles was there, I think um and like steve morton that was from af that was like sick of manager was there mm-hmm. who used to um yeah yeah it's so, it's amazing oh. I, we could do that on fucking a, a patreon listen through i had the mp3 somewhere yeah we can we can what, get what, do that that'd be fun
1: what when did that take place do you do, can can 89? you guess when it was
0: it had would be like 89 or 90 because it was yeah. about uh, Blood Sweat no tears yeah. being like censored to get into like walmart
1: uh, so my question is can we get P on for a uh thirty years of,
0: <laughs> of probably get a loop.
2: I think we could get a few people who are in the room to talk about it and do like our uh our what is that fucking like dateline assembling the story from eight different views. Right. And I've then said, have them like pitch. Yeah. Oh.
1: I, I've said this before, but uh uh w- what's my man from uh, Born Against? Um
0: Sam, feeders.
1: Um, Sam, uh, I, I, look like this podcast might lean more sick of it all than born against. Like you know, it, maybe. Uh, but what I'm going to say is, gotta give Sam the respect for his follow up to the whole thing, which is just I've it's the best. He goes, well, they've been to Japan and I haven't, so you know, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a win. It's the
1: best. The, that is the most. That's like when you can look back on some shit and, and, and just laugh and have a good time about it. You know what I mean? I, and yo, I think Wendy's
2: that's great. Sigfiddle was in Japan in like 91, right? Maybe even... Yeah, probably around then, yeah. Like, 90. yo, that's so fucking cool. Like, that's so fucking cool. For yeah, sure. Shit, man. Um, all right. Yo, th- we could talk about Hardcore Distracts. Maybe, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll, that'll be a little research project that we can do um, to talk about because it's fun. Sounds good. That's the kind of lore that is fun. That doesn't totally preclude a like uh, somebody getting their ass handed to them. Sometimes it does, though. It's okay. Um, who's the second biggest punk band from New York? Uh, with the stipulation that the Ramones are the number one biggest punk band from New York. Second biggest punk band from New York. Are we sure the Ramones mm-hmm. are a punk band?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, by I default, being yeah. a dick. I know, I know. Um uh,
2: Chrome. uh, ChromeX, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ChromeX, or the GB? I mean, Civ probably, but I mean, it's just the definition of punk. I'm trying True. to think like punk from New York City.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, talking heads? Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I was like, like we started talking about... I
0: don't know. So that like to well, Like, is it fucking television? Is it dead blog?
2: boys? But like, are we counting them as Cleveland? Like, I don't know. Um and they're not no. that, you know. No, no Everyone not knows old. Old. Um <sighs>
3: they're
2: <12, probably>. oh, <laughs> <God. laughs> Biggest. So we're just saying biggest, just on size. <sighs> um, state champs. There you go.
1: Okay, there you All go. Right.
2: Uh, B9 was the label of choice when I was getting into hardcore in the mid-2000s. What happened? Um, I want to let you guys answer and I can respond but I also want to say this there were probably people in the mid2000s who were going man b9 was the label of choice when I was getting into hardcore in the early 2000s what happened right. right
0: um I mean I think all labels kind of ebb and flow and I think that's a thing you know and when they're sort of go-to it's kind of dried up they move to like a new thing you know and I think you know it may Chris may not be putting out like, the new American nightmare, but I'm sure he's doing pretty well with iron cheek and beach slang and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, I think it's, I think band, like the labels, just like bands have to kind of adapt sometimes. Like they did too. Uh,
1: so no, I don't think I'm talking out of turn or saying anything fucked up because I wish uh, that label the best of luck. I, I, I don't want anything, you know, I hope continued success at whatever they're doing. Uh, but <clears throat> Uh, a lot of times what happens is, uh, the head of a thing that whose tastes sort of define the thing or whose sometimes not taste, sometimes just peer group, sometimes they're friends defined a thing. Uh, they either lose interest or develop other interests or, or, or just for whatever reason, have to move on to other ventures in life. And then, uh, you get new voices in there. Sometimes they hit it out of the park. Sometimes they uh, fail and other times they do well, but just are in a completely different space. And this is the, you know, the story of so many labels, like uh, it, it's really hard to be, to, to be a label with a singular vision outside of maybe Asian man, you know?
2: Yes. Right. right. Uh, last time I saw Chris, we actually talked about having them come on at some point. That, that would be That'd fun. be cool. Um, yeah what happened, what Pat said, what Tom said, you know, things change, the bands you go through change, your interests change, your focus changes. But bridge Nine's still around so I wouldn't be surprised if they did something if you saw them with a couple newer bands in the next year or so. Um, Why do people act like bands owe them something? Why do people act like bands owe them something? I.e. people getting mad at ceremony.
1: What are they mad at ceremony for?
2: Sound change, you know, that kind of shit.
1: Oh, goddamn. Uh, because uh, people, people are, uh, they don't got big lives and they need a real problem. Uh, the coronavirus was uh, a good move for those particular people. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's it's just some bullshit. People are bored.
2: Uh, when people take ownership of things that aren't theirs, they feel away when the thing that they don't own ceases to look like the thing they thought they owned.
0: Yeah, do people like feel like I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like, well, I want this, but this isn't this anymore.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't it's, like change.
2: It's yeah, it's the people who it's it's the extension of the demo was better forever. You know, mm-hmm. the frozen and amber vision of a thing that you didn't make. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, what are the worst hardcore records to be considered classics? Oh God! Oh, one um, one each of a record that's considered classic that you don't really like.
1: Oh man! Oh, well, I've gone on record as saying I'm I'm not like any sort of fan uh, uh, of of uh, of the Chromax material. Like yep. you know that, that that's my biggest sin in all of hardcore. That's like alienated half our listeners in the first week. You know what I mean so so uh, that that's uh, that's pretty big. I don't like. Hey Bob. Yeah. Uh, is, is the stuff that you grew up on, like, like the, the Jersey stuff, um, it, it, would you call that classic or not?
2: Like which stuff?
1: Um, like floor punch sort of stuff. I mean, like to certain,
2: it, to, yeah, floor punch to some people yeah. for sure. Yeah. That okay. That
1: stuff for you. that misses me entirely. Like, I, like, I, uh, like, I don't want to say I don't understand it, but like, I, I can't register the appeal, you know?
2: Right, so floor punch, tenured fight, nothing for you, right?
1: Nothing,
2: but in my eyes, something.
1: Yeah, a little better, a little better to me.
2: Yeah, um, so I think but- that like yeah, like late '90s uh, youth crew stuff, youth crew revival, whatever you want to call it, didn't didn't catch you. To me, like yeah, um, so any
1: cl- any classics from that era are not popping for me.
2: Um, Snapcase, not much of anything for me. It doesn't stir me at all. Earth Crisis. I've gone over it a hundred times. Um, um, trying to think of more, you know, um, there's, there's a lot of genre stuff where I like, I can pick and choose the very top of it. You know, for example, I like American nightmare quite a bit. Almost every single band who f- came in their wake does nothing for me. Mm. So, um, and like, to be honest, it's kind of like, like, like to the point where I'm like, well, I, I actually really like American Nightmare, and there's another one for you, Patrick. But I really like American Nightmare. But all these bands do diddly squat for me. So
0: I'm trying to figure out someone I can say without upsetting people. <laughs> I, you know, commit. commit to the
2: bit. Um, no, but everybody knows you're a rational person. Like, uh, look, the the biggest Earth Crisis fan. I hope I- they at this point. You know, Code Orange. Yeah, you know, it's not a band I like, but I've listened to the records so many times in the Earth Crisis records. I can I can literally walk you through their discography now, and that's not me being like I know so well. No, no, no. I've I've tried and given it a shot, and like I'm not, I, and I'm not hating it to be a dickhead. I'm just it's like not it's not my shit. Yeah. So so keep right. it, if you, it, it. It, if you more so than me or Patrick. I think uh, would not be. Uh, labeled irrational for saying, ah, this classic doesn't do it for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, like, that's different. The question is more like what what classic record do you think sucks? I don't think any of these records suck per se. It just never hit me. You'd be shocked to know because both of these bands you think would be like, Tom definitely loves those bands. It's, it only makes sense with what we know he likes. Never liked Mouthpiece. And I never liked Outspoken.
2: Uh, Mouthpiece uh, doesn't surprise me. Outspoken a little bit surprises me. A little bit, t- but, it just never struck me as much as like Unbroken struck me or Undertow or Undertow. Yeah, those are bad. the ones I, I associate with Unbroken and Undertow the most. Uh, maybe a little bit of Strife too, but yeah, okay. Yeah, just
0: and no disrespect, though. I mean, there's a million people that love them, but they're just bands that never struck me. No,
2: okay, everybody's got them. Um, can I like later era MPB? The person then put the emoji with the uh, halo smile.
1: <laughs> not can if you, you want to be cool.
2: You, you, can. you can. I mean, it's a free country. You can.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I'm not going to impede on your rights.
0: People make dumb decisions all the time, you know? You can.
1: <laughs> um, hey, Bob, are we going to enter the spicy zone?
2: No, I know. I know. Really- oh, yes, we are. We're, we're, this is the spicy zone. Um, okay,
1: because here's my question to you. Yeah. We're at about uh we're we're I think about we're over two, two hours.
2: okay, we're so, right there, I think. Yeah. So let's so let's say let's say
1: the spice. Do you want to do like do you want to do a, like, do want to want to do a do mini show two. that's
2: all spice? Damn. I don't know. Do, 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 do. We We've do got an, enough if we to do an, a part two. We've got enough to do uh, a part two if we want it.
1: Okay, because what I'm thinking is we do – if it's really long enough to do a part two, then we tease this and do it next episode. But if if we've got like enough for a somewhat of part two, then we do an overtime at some point where it's pure spice. Like the spice minutes. the spice flows.
2: We could do a 40-minute spice overtime. Let's do that.
1: Okay. Wow. All right. All right. Uh, so let's cut it here. Uh, I also, uh, l- like to cut these when we get to an hour cause I get nervous that something's going to happen to the recording. Um, but I, uh, losing an hour of
2: I, your I, life, uh, a biography <laughs> of anyone who's recorded anything.
1: Yeah, exactly. I only get 24 of these. Um, so, uh, everybody, uh, thank you for coming for the, uh, l- what do you want to call these? This is the temperate takes the temperate questions, not the spicy ones. Yeah.
2: This is the yeah. medium salt, medium Tostitos salsa takes
1: okay Uh, wow that's (laughs) okay Uh, thank you everybody Uh, uh, good talking to you fellas and we'll be back I guess with uh, with searing hot takes Uh, like the uh, physically hot uh, what do they call those bowls the 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 Japanese spot like Uh, the sizzling burn your hand off
2: yeah the Korean (laughs) ones